0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to All Things Iceland. It's Jules. Over the years, I have traveled extensively around Iceland in a camper van, and this year was no different over the summer. So, my pros and cons that I'll be sharing in this episode are definitely from personal experience. And while the list might not, of course, cover every possible pro and con, I think it will definitely give you enough insight about the experience so that you can make a decision for yourself as to whether or not utilizing renting and traveling around the camper van is right for you. And if you do plan to rent a camper van in Iceland, I highly recommend using Go Campers. I've used two of their campers on long road trips. One specifically is called the Go Light Automatic Camper. Automatic meaning, you know, it's not manual, and that is said to be for 3 adults. And just personally, I think two adults and potentially a small child, but definitely two adults. That's a really good one for that size. And the other is the Go Big Automatic Camper, which states it's for five people. But again, I would say for four, just my opinion. So take that with a grain of salt, depending on, you know, the stature, if you're petite, whatever else. I'm 5'9", so for me, going with that kind of measurement has worked well. They have a large selection of campers available, great customer service, and competitive rates. And we use my code Iceland7, you save 7% on your total rental cost, and you get two free duvets with your Go Camper Van Rental. First of all, that's super helpful with the duvets, mainly because trying to pack them or having to pack them can mean extra luggage costs, and that's no fun. So, something to keep in mind that this code comes with something a little bit extra that's super helpful on your trip. And even if you're coming in summertime, it can get a little chilly then, so the duvet will come in handy. Starting off with the pros of renting a camper van in Iceland, the number one is saving money. Now, of course, depending on the time of the year that you're coming, that would make a huge difference. But still, even in summer, the height of summer, compared to the other choices renting a camper van is way more cost effective than checking in finding different either the airbnbs guest houses hotels whatever it might be where it's not on wheels <laughs> ends up being more expensive per night ends up being more expensive overall because of course with a camper van you have your accommodations your kitchen Your ride, basically your vehicle, all wrapped up into one, and it significantly can reduce expenses. Like I mentioned, though, in summer it's still going to be quite expensive, so definitely make sure too, because of demand, that you are booking way in advance. It does happen that supplies, in terms of camper vans, gets limited. So if you do plan to come in any summertime, with just June, July, or August. I highly recommend looking months beforehand, maybe as far as January, and that's just, of course for people who are super early with doing their reservations. But it is worth doing because last year we had so many people book early, and it was hard for for others that ended up making decisions to come later in the year. Travel flexibility is another big pro when it comes to campervans, and one of my favorites. So of course. The freedom of being in a camper van is that you're not bound by hotel check-in and check-out, meaning the times in which someone's available to do that for you. But also, if you decide you want to keep exploring or you want to stop early because you're tired, and I'm going to get into camper van sites, it is really nice to be able just to be like, okay, you know what, we're going to change our minds and go to maybe the near the Glacier Lagoon. So we had to find a place near there just because you felt the energy for it, or you're like, no, we're going to stay in Veek in the South or something. And on that day, you have that flexibility. And that is, in my opinion, been such a huge benefit because as I'm traveling around, there are different things I want to do or maybe I've done a ton the day before and I want to relax. So now it's easy to change it up and I don't feel like I've already made reservations for places that I have to stick to. And yeah, it's a really nice way of being able to change up your schedule according to your needs. And like I mentioned, the campsites, that's the third pro. And during summer, there are a lot of campsites open. In fact, all of them, unless they're having some kind of construction, are open. And many of them are in breathtaking locations. So you can wake up in front of a waterfall, for instance, or vast landscapes, beautiful mountain ranges, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience for sure to go to some of the really beautiful Icelandic campsites. So it's a big pro that there's very many of them in summer. In winter, that becomes a little bit of a, of a con. Not terribly, but there's, there are winter campsites. But in summer, like I mentioned, when most people are renting camper vans, different experience and you have so much more available to you. Of course, in some places, and I'll mention that, in the cons, when you need to potentially think about reserving a spot but for most of the other parts of the country that's not a problem. I have a couple of campsites that I'm going to share in my random fact of the episode because I was blown away. So I went to some campsites that I had never been to before this past summer and oh my goodness I was I was just like I'm definitely coming back. The fourth pro is a variety of camper vans whether you're traveling solo, as a couple, family, with friends. There definitely are camper vans that can fit your needs. In particular, with Go Campers, they have 12 different versions from like basic models to luxurious ones to really big ones for a larger group of people. And what's lovely is that if you also want to go on F Roads, they have those types of camper vans. Again, from basic models to ones that are a lot more luxury. And depending on your budget, you can make a decision. They also have camper vans that have sinks in them, electric refrigerators, well, more like electric coolers that serve kind of like a refrigerator, heaters. Oh my goodness, if there's anything I can tell you is unless you run really hot, definitely make sure you get a heater in your camper van. It's worth it because even in summer, the nights can get chilly and it can be hard to be able to keep warm enough. Now granted for couples, maybe it might be a little bit different, but the heater has always come in handy for me and I and found myself needing to turn it on, even if it weren't for the whole night. And just to explain that a little bit about the heaters, they are charging while you're driving. So two hours, I think, of driving will get you eight hours of heater usage, at least that amount. So just know that it doesn't take much in order for the heater to be able to last the whole evening or whole night in which you are sleeping. And I've never had any issues with like things catching fire or whatever. Of course, I've kept things away from it. But yeah, those variety of camper vans are great for every budget and potential need. Number five has to do with the amount of places that you can explore with your camper van. Like I mentioned, there are ones that can go into the highlands so on F roads. But around the Ring Road of Iceland, which is this one road that goes around the whole country, you can end up enjoying so many places without having ever going into the highlands and camper vans can go there. So just because it's a gravel road and it's a little bit rougher, that just means that you'll probably have to go slower sometimes on the road, but that's totally fine. I've driven in some incredibly remote places that were not F roads, but you know, I just took my time, enjoyed the scenery and it was fabulous. So I highly recommend doing that and picking places that are a little bit off the beaten path. On my Iceland map, uh, I'll have a link to that in of course the description of this episode, which is on all You can see that I have a lot of great like hidden gyms, especially in the West Fjords and the East Fjords, where you can drive to in order to enjoy. And it's lovely that in the camper van, let's just say you're going out to these long, you know, distances, then Maybe if you need to take a nap or something because you're a lot that day, it's possible to do that. Whereas if you were just in a regular car, it's like a different feeling. Or if you want to have like a little picnic by, you know, this area where it's safe to pull off by the oceanside or by the lake, things of that nature, it just provides a very different experience. The sixth pro has to do with what comes with your camper van. So, what's lovely is that there's cooking facilities, bedding. Of course, there are. Other aspects, depending on the van that you have. So, like I'd mentioned, one with a heater. So, a good example would be the Go Light camper. That one has a heater, a sink, and the sink is fed by a water in this huge jug that's in the van. You could fill that up at campsites. Also, it has the electric refrigerator, or re- sorry, electric cooler. I keep saying refrigerator; it's just easy to come to my mind. It also has a USB. Port where you can charge your like phone or watch or whatever it is that needs to be charged via USB, maybe something for your camera. And not all the vans have that. And that same port charges along with the heater when you're driving. So you'll have more than enough energy saved up, electricity in order to utilize that. And it will stay on all night in terms of charging. Used it multiple times on my trip. So those types of things. And when it comes to cooking, you might be curious about that. It feels, you know, kind of like your basic kitchen. There's spatulas and spoons, uh, any kind of dinnerware, plates, cups, bowls. There's pots and pans. There's also dishcloths, soap, sponges, a brush to wash things in terms of your dishes. There's a stovetop, a portable stovetop, it comes with each of the van that is powered by a little gas can that you can get at the store. Most people don't use all their gas when they're out camping, vanning, so you end up, you know, having one that you inherit from the person before you, and it is fun to use those, because I grew up, well, for me anyway, I grew up in New York City, and we had a gas stove growing up in Iceland. The All of the stoves here are electric, so, you know, it's not as fun. It's great that it heats up fast and stuff, but it is really fun in my opinion, to use a flame. You know, it's just one of those that I personally found to be exciting to have. But yeah, you have that. And then bottle opener, just thinking of like the other things that I remember, can opener and these other aspects that you don't have to think about bringing because they're already in the van. Just very convenient. On to the cons of renting a camper van in Iceland. The first I'm going to talk about is Icelandic campsites. So yes, it's a pro and it's a con. And like I'd mentioned, there are many sites in the country. However, not all of them are created equal. Some might be crowded, especially during peak tourist season. And we're talking about in the south of Iceland in particular. And some may lack essential facilities so there's a website called Chalta, and I will definitely have a link to that in the description on for this episode. But Chalta, just in case, is spelled T as in Tom, J-A-L-D as in dog, A dot I-S. And you can go onto that website and actually search different campsites and see what facilities they have. Because some of them don't have showers. Some of them, you know, they might be super basic. Then there are others that are beautiful. They have like a volleyball court. There's literally one that has a a sand volleyball court. I was blown away by it. Or they're in like really beautiful locations and they have multiple showers and swimming pools next door or whatever. And it does happen, though, in many of these towns because most towns in Iceland, if not all of them, have a swimming pool. So if a facility, a camping facility does not have showers, either they will give you a ticket for the pool, or they'll give you like a discounted rate to go to the pool to be able to shower. Uh, Others will have kitchens that are smaller or bigger. So what I'm getting at is that these campsites are owned privately. So there isn't like a regulated, this is what you're going to get for the price that you pay. Whereas like with hotels and things, it's usually an idea of like, if it's a three star or a two star, like the amenities that you get, For campsites in Iceland, it doesn't work that way. You could pay the same price (laughs) for two different campsites and have very different experiences in terms of what's available to you. So just check the list. And then if something's really important, like having a shower every night that's available at the campsite or uh, having areas for like using an indoor kitchen if you're getting tired of being able to cook out of your, your van or the weather's not that great and you would have to cook you know, outside, having a washing machine or dryer. Some campsites have that too. So other things, you know, that would definitely make a difference for your trip in terms of comfortability. And that website that I mentioned, which is totally free, it's very helpful for being able to sort that. The second con, in my opinion, that is having to use the bathroom at night. So these camper vans don't come with toilets. These are not RVs and it can happen that you wake up in the middle of the night and you need to use the bathroom. I am one of those people that does that. I wish I wasn't. I wish that I, you know, even if I try not to drink water before anywhere, before bedtime, I still seem to wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and need to go use it. So that has been challenging even in the summer when, of course, it's technically warmer in Iceland, but it's a little chillier when you open up the camper van door and the cold air hits you, especially if you're using the heater. I mean, it's not horrible. It's just not my preference. And I've many times, you know, pulled on my clothes, jumped out of the van and ran to go use the toilet and kind of my sleepiness. Definitely an invigorating experience. The third con has to do with extra camper van costs. In particular, when it comes to the insurance or, you know, costs like that, there's not a ton of extra costs, but usually the insurance is the one that most people find themselves feeling like, okay, do I absolutely need this? And what I would say is when it comes to sand and ash, unless you have some other coverage for that, because it is quite unique to Iceland, it is worth doing it if you're going to be traveling around the country. Because we do get windstorms in the summertime, in any time of the year, and so it could end up that the van gets pretty damaged by black sand scraping up against it from the wind and having then to be responsible for that once the van is you know brought back is a problem. It's not it doesn't have to be terrible, but it's not great for sure. Number 4 is the Icelandic weather. Now, while the Icelandic weather can be gorgeous, that is typically not what's expected. <laughs> so, manage your expectations and please be aware that Iceland's weather is notorious for being unpredictable. Driving a camper van in strong winds, rain, or snow is extremely challenging for any car, really. But, of course, even, you know, one with a little bit larger. And even when you're not driving, let's just say that we're having not so great weather, and you're spending more time in the camper van than you had expected, it's a small space that can start to feel that a little bit. We were really fortunate over the summer, this past summer, for 2023, that there was amazing weather. So I ended up not spending so much time in the camper van unless I was sleeping. But still, it was a great way of being able, well, of course, driving too. But still, you know, even for me, if I was in the camper van by myself, there's a good chance that if I had to be in it for like some days, hopping in and out to avoid the bad weather or mostly staying in it, you know, it just can start to feel like a small space. So And that's in essence what number five con is. And when you add multiple people to that, the campervans can be quite spacious, but might feel tight after a few days. One thing that's helped me a lot with packing for campervan experience, or actually any experience, but definitely campervan, are packing cubes. And I will share, I'll try to remember to put my Amazon link to them. Someone even asked me to create a Amazon store. That's something I've been considering. So I will definitely look into that just for individuals who want to find it easy to go directly to the things that I sometimes recommend. Whether it's in my free packing checklist or not, there are some things for sure that have been of great use. And packing cubes is a game changer. If you don't use them, I would say give it a try, it's worth it. And the reason being for that is that you can organize things so well. So for instance, I have like my underwear in, you know, one packing cube, and then my socks, another one, and my shirts and one, and then my pants, another. So I can easily just grab the cube, grab what I want out of there, instead of having a bunch of clothes that initially were really well packed, but now are uh, jumbled up in my bag because of, I don't know, just searching for things and things getting all over the place. And I even use it for like my cosmetic stuff too, it's, it's extremely useful and I, I recommend checking it out or giving it a try if you don't already use them. The sixth con has to do with when campsites are open. Now all of them are open year-round, so you might have heard me mention that a little bit earlier and there's a difference between summer camping and winter camping when it comes to deciding where you're going to stay. Of course you'll still have options, but they will be farther from each other I'm planning to do a winter camping site experience that I will share, of course, just so that people can get an understanding of what that's like. I've sort of done it in May, but I was thinking of doing it in like hardcore winter, like January or February, just for a few days. (laughs) I don't, I don't, some people do it for like a week or two. I don't think that's my jam, but I still think it would be fun for a few days just to showcase it. And the you know like i mentioned limited options could be a little challenging as you are of course going and planning your trip and maybe because the summer campsite that would have been you know earlier on makes it a little bit less flexibility earlier on meaning earlier on in your trip like closer to where you were unless you'd have to go to like another town or something and just a note you can't camp anywhere in iceland you have to camp at designated campsites that is it is illegal to just park your camper van anywhere and then just go and sleep. So, or set up camp in essence. I mean, people would understand if you needed like a nap somewhere for an hour, but spending the whole night and all that jazz, like that is not allowed. So that Chalta website that I mentioned has all the list of these campsites or or the majority of them. Some people have other ones that they haven't put on that website that are just like their farm or something. So, you know, it's possible to find others through Google. I'm just giving you a database that has a lot more of them. Before I move on to the random fact of the episode, just a reminder to utilize my code Iceland7 if you're planning to rent a camper van in Iceland. And that's with Go Campers. And along with that 7% that you'll save, you also get two free duvets and a lovely experience being in a camper van in Iceland random fact of the episode. So my favorite campsite in Iceland is called Heydalur in the West Fjords. It's amazing. They have not only awesome geothermal hot springs there, but they made it into this little hot tub area. They also have this insanely gorgeous greenhouse, and there's a pool in the greenhouse and a hot tub in there as well. And they're growing fruit In this greenhouse, they use in their restaurant. They have guest houses there too, but the camping ground is quite nice. It's large. There's gorgeous mountains all around. They have horseback riding. They have a ton of stuff going on there. Like, it is just a little oasis. Great for if you have children too. And actually, most of the campsites are great for if you have children. I was traveling by myself, so that wasn't something I had to worry about. But I thoroughly enjoyed this greenhouse pool situation there's even a rope in there where you can like swing on it and jump into the water it was magical the road to get there is a bit rough but your camper van will definitely be able to handle it and another fun random fact is that when I was driving away from that morning that I was leaving I saw whales in the ocean on the way on that road that's quite long and, and a bit rough it was insanely cool just putting it out there. If you're going to go to the West Fjords with a campervan, fit in, hey, dollar because it's worth it. All right. So the Icelandic word of the episode is campervan. And there's two words that are often used for it. One is ferda bík, ferda beak, which literally means like your traveling car or a trip car. And another one, which is kind of more for an RV, hús bík, and that's Housecar. I hope you found this episode regarding the pros and cons for renting a camper van in Iceland. As always, thank you so much for listening.